Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. When others treat your fries as an afterthought, all you're left with are cold, soggy fries. That's why Wendy's new fries are ones you won't forget. Guaranteed to be hot and crispy, or we'll replace them. We're talking natural cut skin on fries, perfectly seasoned with a hint of sea salt. In fact, they're even preferred almost two to one over McDonald's. These are fries so hot and crispy, they beg a new question. What would you like with your fries? Try them today, only at Wendy's. At participating U.S. Wendy's, taste preference based on a national taste test by an independent research company. When others treat your fries as an afterthought, all you're left with are cold, soggy fries. That's why Wendy's new fries are ones you won't forget. Guaranteed to be hot and crispy. Or we'll replace them. We're talking natural cut skin on fries, perfectly seasoned with a hint of sea salt. In fact, they're even preferred almost two to one over McDonald's. These are fries so hot and crispy, they beg a new question. What would you like with your fries? Try them today. Only at Wendy's. At participating U.S. Wendy's. Taste preference based on a national taste test by an independent research company. All right, welcome to the Browns Wire podcast. This is your host, Josh Keatley. Today we have a special guest. Usually Adam Morrow's with me, but Adam couldn't make it tonight. As we talked about, he's coaching junior high football and golfing and living his life. Uh, so he couldn't make it tonight, but we have a very good, we have a, a fun guest, uh, Ryan Keefe. I was actually talking about you on the show a couple weeks ago because we came out, the, the Madden ratings came out. And I was talking to Adam about how you beat the brakes of a people in Madden, and some would classify you as a professional Madden player. Uh, maybe not professional, semi-professional at the very least. Uh, I got more W's and L's, and I've made a, a little bit of chunk of change off it. I don't have the time to be a professional. I certainly would love to be, but I would definitely kick your ass. To, to give a little back, to repeat the backstory I said a couple weeks ago, when I met Ryan, I took him over to a friend's house, Nathan Royans and Jake Overby. And these are two guys who brag about playing Madden. Madden is one of those games where everybody that plays it thinks they're good at it. And Ryan just sure. stepped up and said, I'll beat you. Just <laughs> me, within three seconds of knowing these dudes, stepped right up. You beat Nathan, what, 50 to nothing by halftime? I think he quit. Yeah, we didn't, uh, we'll just say the game didn't didn't finish. And he's not bad. He, I mean, Nathan beats me by multiple Oh, no, times. they're not bad. It's just yeah. uh, it's one of those things that I found my niche and uh, – the older I get, I'm still competitive, and I guess I don't mind making 16-year-old kids cry on the gridiron. Well, you've been in big uh, tournaments with like actual NFL players that are playing Madden, too. Yeah. Um, actually, years and years and years ago, before the uh, Madden structure that it is now, they used to have the Madden bus. If you remember ESPN did the shows, they would have a player represent a certain team, and they would tour across the country, and it would be elimination type. I, tournament. I think you mean the bang bus. but Well, that was a different kind of tight end. <laughs> Um, but, but yeah, it was very similar, but no, to make a long story short, when I was in school, uh, this is probably 2005, 2006, I went to the gym one morning and right after the gym, as everyone does, I went to get a McGriddle and the Madden <laughs> bus was sitting right there and I'm in line getting my McGriddle and there was a guy wearing an EA hat and a Tony Romo jersey and 
he looked at me and we just started talking about the game either the, the Sunday night or the Monday before. And he's like, do you play? And I was like, yeah, I dabble. And I got on the Madden bus with him and I played the first half and he was beating me 17 to 14, but they had to take off and never got to play the second half. But I guarantee I would have, yeah, I was going to win that one. And, he, and this, remember, was a, this was a dude that was on the Madden bus? And he was on the Madden bus, yeah. God, yeah, because those guys can play, or at least they used to. I think they do like big big league tournaments. Now, I know over at the Luxor in Las Vegas, they actually do Madden tournaments in the little of the game sphere or what, whatever yeah. it's called. It's pretty wild what a big business has become, but I know that you know people that are kind of inside in the biz and, and all that good stuff. So what what's going on? What do we have to look forward to with the game that is released next week, right? comes out next week? So if you buy the deluxe edition and have EA Access, which is basically Electronic Arts like subscription service, you get it a couple days early, so you can get it, uh, I think, uh, August 20th is when it comes out using that. Um, as far as like the, the big new features... This the community itself, and I guess all sports games is the common misconception it gets is it's just a, a roster update, and it's difficult to bake a brand new game every nine to ten months because they really have an eight to nine month cycle to recreate the wheel. So there's only so much they can do, and then you know throughout all this they've had to deal with no one can go in their offices, COVID, all that good stuff. So Madden 21 and the reception that it's got thus far has probably been the worst reception I've seen for an upcoming title since I've been paying attention to it in 2004, 2005. And granted, we live in the world where no one's happy with anything, and there's really only so much that can be done. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there's just a lot of people that are are screaming due to lack of features, creativity, ingenuity, stuff like that. And um, actually, for a short period of time on Twitter, right when the, the news of Madden 21 came out, one of the top five trending hashtags was fix madden franchise oh my Uh, god i believe that yeah i think i saw that and it's because you know they rolled out hey here's what this year's game looks like and it was literally the same stills the same screens the same images but they changed some colors and that was it for lack of a better term there's some little nuances here and there but nothing new And, and there's little things little changes that the the community thinks that they could do with a, a, a flip of the switch or a push of the button, which you know it needs to be coded and changed. But really, not much has changed. And the hashtag and and the movement works so well that EA formed a formal response in a video saying that we hear you, we see you, we're going to make these changes. And they they did create a small list saying that it's something that they're going to try and roll out throughout the life of Madden 21, but it's something that they should expect for Madden 22. So. Whether it's blowing smoke like years past, or if we actually can see something um, moving forward, we don't know. Um, another big contributing factor is that the PS5 and the Xbox One X come out this holiday season. So it's hard to make video games for the brand new um, consoles when they don't exactly know what all they can do. So there's that learning curve as well. That's pretty wild, too. You don't really think about, uh, you know, I kind of forgot about the COVID situation, too, because you always think, oh, well, they can just work from home. But not really. That's kind of more of a, I mean, I guess you use the word community, where you got to kind of be in the office and kind of be in your groove. It's art, really, you know, right? It's group yeah. art. You got to figure out what you're doing on the same page. Kinda, it's like a band practice almost. So, I mean, think about, me and you have talked offline about this, but what's the last video game that you played a lot of? And I already know the answer, but I want to hear you say it. Mafia. Oh, no, before that. I'm, I'm... Red Dead. Red Dead okay. Redemption? Yeah. Perfect. So, Red so Dead, good. So Red good, Red dude. came out when? Like fall of 2018? You know that even under circumstances in that game being built for years and years and years, 
the staff of Red Dead to make the deadline. We're working hundred hour work weeks for like the last three months. To That's right. Rockstar got sued, right? Yeah. So didn't someone eventually I mean, sue him? That that is how intensive it is. So for you know the the casual football fan or or Xbox PlayStation PC player to to, to be so upset that you know a staff of X amount of guys can't recreate the wheel or recreate the game in a matter of eight months. It's kind of ludicrous to even ask for because what goes into it is crazy. And then at the same time, there's a lot of bureaucracy and money. So, you know, they're going to put the money where they want to. And right now it's not in Madden and ain't changing anything. That's wild, man. Well, we kind of jump right into it, but I, I do want to recap. So we are going to talk about Madden more, right? And maybe some some secrets that you can share because you're so good. You're God's gift to Madden. <laughs> you know, we're going to talk about the COVID situation. Because that that's obviously a big deal. The news came out yesterday. You were actually lighting my phone up along with a couple other people. And then we're obviously going to talk about the big autograph signing we have this weekend that we're going to be at. And we're going to be recording the podcast there. Ryan, I don't know if you're going to be there for this, but you're more than welcome to be invited. You're, you're invited. I'm inviting you. But Hanford Dixon, <laughs> top Hanford Dixon is going to be there. And Felix Wright's going to be there. Are you familiar with their games, Ryan? Are you familiar with how good Hanford Dixon was? Hanford Dixon, not so much Felix Wright. Dude, Hanford Dixon created the dog pound. Okay. And then do you know he was so good he only allowed there was only seven passes attempted to his side of the field in 1987. Do you isn't that crazy? That, that's I mean, but it's everyone's gonna say how many interceptions did he have? <laughs> that's yeah, that's a good question. Felix Wright, I think Felix Wright led the NFL in interceptions. I think I know he led him in one year. I don't know if it was two though. But Felix Wright is a little bit of a hero of mine as well because he came from a very small school, which is actually sad because he came from the same conference that I played college football in, Drake, and you'll love this. He did a recent interview where he said, I don't think Drake plays as good football now. I think they're actually even D3. So that hurt my heart a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, those small schools, they struggle like that, especially after this recent situation. It's going to be yeah. pretty crippling to see who can actually rebound from it. Yeah, it's gonna it'll be wild, and we'll, we'll dive into that. But yeah, so check that out at the Tuttle Mall, Playball Inc. We'll be there. Uh, I believe Hanford Dixon is like fifteen bucks. Um, I think I think Felix Wright is like fifteen bucks as well. And then Jay White, the former Ohio State Buckeye All American tight end, is going to be there as well. And you get a free autograph with purchase, and uh, additional autographs are five bucks. So come in, check it out, say hi to me. Uh, but let's go back to the Madden talk because obviously Ryan, the game comes out next week, and. Adam actually went out of his way to talk about it a couple weeks ago where I wrote a recent piece on the top Browns that are rated in Madden, and it blew up. Everybody was reading it. Everybody was checking out because they're so excited. What did you notice from the rankings? Maybe not you know, specifically with the Browns, but overall. Uh, so I, th I think one of the funnest things is so – you know, we all sit here, we're armchair quarterbacks, and we judge these players, you know, how fast they are, how strong they are, you know, what the rookies are going to be like, and so on and so forth. So uh, one of the funnest weeks on Twitter is when uh, Madden releases the ratings and seeing the players' wild. reactions. And, I mean, there's been players, I mean, Ke uh, Keenan Allen last year straight up boycotted it because I think they had his initial speed in the mid to, to, to low 80s. And, you know, to the point where they they make so much noise that they have on-field ratings adjusters that will stand on the sideline during practices and games just to get that visceral you know eye contact of what they do next thing you know that knee-jerk reaction that guy's a couple points faster he's a little bit better and i mean it, it was it was kind of controversial this year because we had no sports nothing to refer to no football talk yeah. so when it came out it broke a lot of news and 
there was a couple guys that stood out that were like, hold on, wait a minute. Um, and one of them was Aaron Rodgers. Like, I, I know he's at the latter part of his career, but I think he, he rated uh, an 89 overall, and he's the sixth highest quarterback. But if Who's you ahead were, of him? Uh, ahead of him is uh, Patrick Mahomes, Russ Wilson, Lamar Jackson, and Drew Brees. That's a pretty good group, though, man. That is wild. I mean, they were just in the NFC Championship game. I know. And and I think if you would ask anyone over the course of the last 10 years who's the most talented quarterback, the first number one answer is A-Rod. Not Tom Brady, not any of the rest of these guys. A-Rod, he's got the most talent of anyone. And and for the purpose of video game, you would think that would transform to that. Um, well, you were telling me, though, you were telling me a lot of what the ratings does is it creates kind of a narrative Back in the day, you were saying, like with the Patriots, you kind of use the Patriots as an example, where even though maybe they don't think, I don't know, Joe Thune is a 99, a 90 overall, they may rank him that way because he's on the Patriots and their offensive line's good to boost that overall unit, blah, blah, yeah. blah. So maybe do you think Aaron Rodgers' rating is so low because they want to make it like a, a, a I don't know, a virtual competition between him and Jordan Love? Or by the time. Well, I, think, I think that's a narrative. I mean, I, th- I think, you know, with Jordan Love being a first round draft pick by the Packers, you know, whoever's doing the ratings and, and it, there are a handful of guys that do the ratings. One of the, the lead ratings guys is a Cowboys fan. So the Cowboys are always really pumped up. That's a whole other story. But I think with Jordan Love getting drafted, the, the, mis- the common uh, misconception is A-Rod's falling off. So he, he kind of fell down that list. And the other glaring quarterback is Deshaun Watson, who is probably top four or five most talented guys in the NFL. He's only an 86 and I think if you if you look at the the grand scheme of things, you know you have Patrick Mahomes ninety nine, A Rod at eighty nine, uh, Deshaun Watson eight at eighty six, but the fourteenth overall quarterback is a backup, and it's Jameis Winston. Really? Yep. You know, so that's kind of wild because he's not even starting. Kyler. So Murphy. who are the, who are the starters that he's ahead of? Who are the starters that he's ahead of? I mean, yeah, because he's he's 14th. There's, I mean, he's 14th. So Kyler Murray, you know, I thought he played excellent as a rookie, super electric. He he's he plays real life football like a video game essentially. He's only a 79 overall and rated lower than Jameis Winston. <laughs> That's wild. But yet he's what 23 years old this season. I think he will be, and you know, the starter of a an up and coming franchise that's got a lot of buzz. So it's. And there's really no answers to – there's no metric on how they do things. Um, I do know that in years past, there were talks to use PFF as a, a common denominator, a metric, to kind of figure out the ratings. But because of litigation, legalities, contracts, stuff like that, that always fell through. So basically, no one really knows how they get to where they get to other than some combine numbers, some – you know, the tape that you see on ESPN, and then – they do have a staff of ratings adjusters that they feel as if, you know, they know what they're talking about. And we can't really question what they say or do because we don't really know how the hell they get to what they say or do. Well, I, I'd love to know more about the legalities behind not using PFF, but I know that your specialty is actually bird law. So I, <laughs> it is bird law. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to get too far in the weeds there. That's a, that's an it's, it's sunny in Philadelphia reference for those that don't know. Yeah, I'm super proud of it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so you, I know that your specialty is doing the dynasty. You do a lot of online dynasties, which you can actually watch on YouTube. And I actually want to give you a chance to drop that later on. But uh, you said you were kind of talking to me about a bunch of guys that sucked that you utilize in the franchise because yes. they're just fast and shitty. Um, yes. 
I can't remember who you were saying. I mean, these were guys that like didn't even make the, the rosters last year that you were picking up, and you were saying that you could elevate them to 90. Who are a couple of the big sleepers that guys should be picking up in their online dynasties? All right, dynasties. so uh, first I'm going to preference it with my favorite Madden user control player of all time, and it's Taylor Mays out of USC, drafted by the 49ers in 2000. Isn't he done? Oh, yeah, he's been done. But my point is <laughs> he he was one of the first guys that, you wouldn't even see him in the top 25, 30 rated players because he, but he was a freakish athlete and they kind of adjusted how they do in the ratings. He was good enough to where I could take that player and he would have his six foot three, six foot four, 220 pound frame, his 90 plus speed, his 90 hit power, and I could run around the field and create absolute havoc. But yet he would never crack a starting lineup in the real life NFL. And I know that as a 49ers fan, he only played six games in the one season with us, but yet I can turn him into the defensive player of the year because of the attributes and the skill sets that they give him on the video game. As far as uh, recent players that have been, uh, I guess the glamor guys um, or, or the, the best one this year is now keep around. He's a top 10 draft pick, but Isaiah Simmons is the godliest, oh, he's the godliest player ever created on Madden football. And I'm getting hey, his I, I'm glad I, I'm glad I invited you on to talk about the obvious. Hey, uh, who do you like? Well, I like the guys that are 99. <laughs> well, he's not. He's only a, 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 like a 78 overall or something like that. <laughs> he had the most disgusting combine. In NFL. Well, I guess next to Vernon Davis. But that's that's what it takes, though. That's what it takes. You have so those what? What are, what are his stats? What's what? What makes him an anomaly? I'm getting it pulled up right now. First off, his size and his his uh, speed is or his strength and his size. What is he? Six three, two twenty, something to that effect. But I think he's six four. I Isn't think he? you are. I think you are possibly right. Um, but what, I mean, we know what it's. It, the difference is an inch. But the point being that that is a massive human being. I th- I don't know if he cracked two thirty, but I know he was damn close. Uh, I know he's at least two twenty. I I think he ran the four threes. I mean, he is a freak for sure. So what what position would you put him in? Safety. So you would play him at safety. No outside linebacker. No, I I'm asking you because outside linebacker. That was knock on him when he was getting drafted. Is he's a positionless player? He's just so good. We don't know where to put him. That is well, the problem. I would I would say out. Yeah, I would say outside backer. I would say outside backer. It depends what you're trying to do with the defenses. That's the beautiful part about players like that, and also the ugly part about players like that. And you and I actually talked about this off air, and we're going to talk. <laughs> we're kind of getting off the subject of video games, but he's a lot like Dion Buchanan at Washington State was kind of the same way. Big heavy hitter, guy who moved around a lot. Um, you know, there's been other who who's the safety another that that God. he was another huh? man God. I'm sure he was because he's 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 everything you just described. Who was the safety from George that got drafted by the the Panthers and he's still in the NFL now he's with the uh, the Giants. But whatever, I can't remember the guy's name off the top of my head. But that's another guy who was very dominant, heavy hitter, moved around a lot. Sometimes those guys really excel and then sometimes they get lost in the sauce because there's nothing to do with them that was a lot of the problem with jabril peppers is that he was kind of a non-factor with the browns because you took away all of his movement and they put it made him line up 30 yards behind the line of scrimmage so he was inactive you took away his best trait which was moving towards the ball and being active towards the ball he wasn't a center fielder a lot of those guys aren't you know a dm that's one of the reasons why i mean maybe not dm buchanan but who was the guy that got drafted hassan reddick or uh, yeah, Hassan Reddick's kind of the same way, where you look at these guys and they're freak athletes, but 
you, if you're going to draft a freak athlete, you better have a, a freaking plan because so many people draft them and they don't have a plan. But well, anyways. For, for reference, when it comes to Isaiah Simmons being 6'3", 220, he's got 93 speed, 93 acceleration, um, crazy, crazy numbers when it comes to tackling. To, to put that into to preference or a reference, rather, he's faster than like 60% of the cornerbacks in Madden 21 football. What does he list that in Madden? He's outside linebacker, right? He's actually a strong safety. Is he? Yeah. And that was part of, you know, being that most people will use a defender, a guy in the middle of the field, meaning a linebacker, and second to that, a safety, is you want to pick those guys that are linebackers because, you know, you find the guy that's got the speed and the acceleration, you can move around and dictate the entire game and things of that nature. Um, Guys famous for doing that are the Telvin Smith character. I think Telvin Smith, his rookie year, was in the 60s but had like 90 speed. So everyone wanted Telvin Smith. Anthony Barr, uh, Eric Problem Wright is regarded as the best Madden player of all time. He said his favorite player ever to use on Madden was uh, Anthony Barr in 2017 because he's six foot four, an, a massive man, known for a pass rush, but you can run that guy around and deflect and intercept balls all day long. So um, you really look at speed. When you're making your little franchise and you're, you're considering cap and all that, you're really considering speed. Yeah, it's, it's all really about physical number. attributes. Anything outside of that, you really don't care too much about except for, you know, if a quarterback. But, you know, you don't need to worry about a guy's vision or his, his awareness or his – any of that stuff because you are the player making those decisions. So even if the awareness is 50, it doesn't matter because you're playing. It doesn't matter. You're, you're making the call. Um, who was the quarterback from Buffalo last year? Uh, Tyson or Tyree Tyson, Jackson. Tyree Jackson. Six foot six, had like 95 throw power, 85 speed, maybe a 64, 65 overall player. But you can turn around and use those attributes. You make the right reads. You're turning that guy into a, a god. On but that. he was the god in the XFL. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he replaced 12-gauge Cardell Jones. <laughs> That's not hard to do historically, though. Hey, hey now, hey now. Speaking speaking of, let's move. Let's. Well, I guess before I, I move on, is there anything else that we should know about Madden to make us better Madden players, Ryan? And can, okay, let me ask you this because this is this is bothering me. When the ratings come out and everybody's upset and talking about it, who the hell cares? Because the only reason it's relevant is for franchise mode. Well, no one plays franchise mode. And let, I mean, right? Because they put all the focus into that online mud stuff, right? Or Madden Ultimate Team. Yeah. The only people that play online play play Dynasty or guys that play online like you, and they play in these tournaments. Yeah. So I mean, really, who, who cares? Exactly. It, it's more of a pride and an ego thing. You got to think about it. These guys are practicing their entire life, doing hundreds of reps and sprints and all these other things, and and they don't want some dork eating Cheetos saying that he's got 89 speed when having 90 speed is like the crown jewel. And so that's the people that care are the actual players themselves, you know, because they're working hard. They're busting their ass every day in the weight room to figure that stuff out. And then the guys like me that play the connector franchise. Uh, the, right now, the, the, the way that the game's going is with microtransactions and mutt. And, you know, you can buy your team and do all these crazy accelerators to get them to play in a certain way in a certain facet with, you know, these X Factor builds and things like that. But it, it's, it was kind of something that was fun to talk about during the summer when we have no content, no sports, or anything like that. So, you know, it, it kind of got some steam. I, I would say it was probably the Tiger King of uh, sports no video shit. games for no a little shit. bit of time. 
I like how you didn't grill me though, because I I didn't say mud. I said mud. That's how little I play the game. Oh, you that's say, you didn't rip into me, dude. You know, you 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 saved it by going Madden Ultimate Team. So. Oh, okay. Well, I appreciate that. I appreciate. That. Yeah. Usually, Ryan's Ryan is much more harsh, and he 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 hits me in real life. Like if yeah. We're in person, well, you bruise easy, much... like Georgia Peach. So. <laughs> And today, and it, I don't need to get canceled off on one podcast. <laughs> All right, okay, move. On. Let's talk about the COVID situation, right? Okay. So obviously, we saw we saw yesterday or the day before at this point. I don't remember. All my days are melting together. Um, that the Big Ten has pretty much canceled their season. They're saying they're postponing till spring, but everybody I talk to seems that that seems like that's a pretty far fetched idea, and you better just plan for it to be canceled. Man, I, I'm really disappointed by this for a lot of reasons. You know, I, I'm an Ohio State fan. I know you're a Florida State fan. You know, I, I, I'm actually not upset really about Ohio State. I'm more upset because D2 got canceled. D3 got canceled. FCS got canceled. I mean, there's guys that even at Ohio State, Michigan, these places, Northwestern, where those guys aren't going to get an opportunity. I mean, if the season was canceled last year, Joe Burrow would have been a fifth-round fifth pick. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like you're taking away a lot of opportunities for a lot of people. If you look at the draft this past year, it was already filled. It had the least amount of non-Division One FBS prospect selections of any draft in recent history, and that, a lot of that was because of the, the lack of pro days and all that because of COVID. Right. Well, what do you think is going to happen when there's not even a goddamn season and all you have is t- tape from last year? There's going to be even less. And even if the Big Ten's not playing, you're looking at a first round that might just have. All SEC players. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Well, it, it's funny that we're kind of talking about this now because I just finished this season of Last Chance You, which you know I haven't if, watched it yet. If well, for the uh, this is season five now, I believe. But for the first time, they're not talking about highly touted or you know former highly five star players. It's it's Laney College in Oakland, California, and you know they have some accolades and some some recent successes. But uh, the point of it is is you know, that show in itself is talking about all these guys just trying to get reps and tape to move on to the next level. So from the Juco all the way up to the D1, even up to the Joey Burrows, they, they're not going to have the opportunity to do that. And with the NFL being such a, a high-dollar driven league, but what are they going to do? Look at 2018, 2019 tape. There's going to be guys that are late bloomers, which happens all the time. Which there's there's draft darlings that pop up for a multitude of reasons, senior bowls, workouts, combines, you know, late last season or last season surges and things like that that aren't going to get a snowball's chance in hell. But I think the silver lining in that situation is when everything does go back to normal, whenever the hell that is, there's going to be a lot of really good E60 talking about guys struggling, working for UPS, you know, running in and saying, hey, coach let me do a 40 time real quick and, and getting signed on 10 day contracts and finally making a squad. Um, <laughs> yeah, I guess that's the bright side. Jeez. But as far as the college aspect and the NCAA, they blew it. I mean, I already voiced my opinion to you offline. They well, voice here. Now, now's the time here. I'm not ignoring you. Well, they had six <laughs> months to think about this. When I was watching the Utah jazz game, when Rudy Gobert tested positive, I mean, they were literally getting ready to throw the ball up and a doctor all the mics. Yeah, well, that was <laughs> earlier in the week. <laughs> and microphones, not mics. So it's Oh, different. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, but I, I was watching that game live when they came out and canceled everything. And I knew when the NBA was done, you know, the, the, the house of cards was going to fall. And it was in March. And March Madness, I think, is the highest grossing 
of anything for NCAA sports. And for them to cancel that in the knee-jerk reaction of the times, I got that. I get that. We, we didn't know anything at that time. Yeah. But the NCAA had six months to prepare a plan of action. And the best thing that they can come up with was no plan at all. At least that's what we're being told. And I've looked into this pretty heavily over the last two or three days just to kind of have a little bit of wishful or hopeful thinking that something can change. Really, it, it lies in the money, the professional versus amateur, and the liability issues. And really, I think the, the season is getting canceled under the, the, the disguise of this terror of COVID-19. And, hey, we're going to play spring ball. But statistically speaking, it is less safe for college athletes to play two full football seasons in one calendar year than it is to go out there and play under these conditions and possibly oh, yeah. get COVID-19. Yeah, it's not – I don't think I, – I don't think spring ball – is is I don't think it's a realistic thing to, to take in consideration. I do think that the Big Ten is done. Here's a question I, I have for you because it sounds like you did a lot more research on this than I did. Now, the Big Ten canceled, the Pac-12 canceled, some of the smaller conferences canceled. I know that a lot of the smaller conferences, their biggest reason was the money, right? Because the first thing that happened, the first domino was that these major conferences said, hey, we're going to eliminate non-conference games and we're going to only play conference games. Okay, well, the, now the MAC the Mid-American Conference can't make any money because they can't co-play in the shoe. Ohio State's not paying them anymore, so they cancel, which still sucks. That I, You know I mean? My life without November, Tuesday night action is going to be absolutely miserable. But moving on, then the next domino was that you had, I guess, new information arise and new concerns arise about COVID and this heart condition that everybody's saying it could possibly be, be linked. And I'm not, I don't really, I don't want to downplay the disease. It's real. I'm not saying it's not real. I don't right. really know the effects. It hasn't been around forever. Right. I, I'm not, I'm unsure, but to, to say that something is linked to another disease. I mean, that feels like it happens all the time. Does that make sense? I mean, you can go, I, you know what I mean? Like if there, you can go deaf from having the flu for an extended period of time. There's, there's issues that are linked to every disease, but that was the next domino to fall. But it, it was the conferences. My main point is it was the conference commissioners that canceled these seasons, right? Cause the sec, the ACC, the AAC, they're still moving forward. So what that, I guess that's my question. What involvement did you see from the NCA? Cause to me, it looks like commissioners from these conferences just said, now we're done. We're out. Well, I think it's the lack of involvement from the NCAA to give these individual conferences guidances for the what-if scenario. So most of what I've been looking at is because the conferences are regional, they're ran in their own path or direction, whatever you would want to call it, They none of them is, are calibrated in any way, shape, or form on how they're going to handle things. So mm -hmm. we, we saw the news where we're, you know, we're just going to cancel out of conference, just play in-conference games, so that kind of makes things more compacted at home or whatever the case may be. But there, there's a multitude of issues. The small conferences don't make a lot of money from sports in any way, shape, or form. No. Or if they do make money, it's out of, it's due to out-of-conference games. Going into Ohio State and getting paid $1.5 million to lose 69 to, to zero. Yes, I did say 69. So nice. if you don't have those games, you know, that's a large – that's a large chunk of your you know, revenue for that year. Pretty much all of it. That's pretty much yeah. all of it. Yeah. So I, I see why the smaller conferences did it. You know, the risk reward is not there. Um, but without guidance of what is supposed to be the national 
the, the, the national organization, the NCAA, to say, okay, in this scenario we can do X, Y, Z, or we can attack that with these scenarios. That was, as far as I know, that was never presented. And the huge issue was the liability. Um, what I've read is each conference and each school was looking at liability different, and they have to because each state has different liability clauses that vary from one state, one to the other, vastly. And then another thing I found interesting was minors can't sign liability clauses. And some of these college athletes are 17 years old. So, you know, you can't go through a 65 or a 75-man roster of a football team and say, hey, guys, just sign all these papers. We can go play football, you know, for the University of Virginia against NC State next week because Virginia's laws are different than North Carolina's. So that, that was a lot of it. I, I, I feel like if – I didn't NC, know that. I feel like if the NCAA would have come to them and said, hey – these are our hurdles, these are our obstacles, and this is what we can do to potentially attack that. Do you want to move forward? I don't know if that conversation – and I don't know if we're not privy to that or if those news haven't come out, but that is a lot of it. I, I feel like the the amateur athlete status of these college kids playing these sports you know, in the fall is looked at by the NCAA as, well, we can't have an employee-to-employer relationship. We can't say, hey, you have to be in these bubbles. You have to be – in your dorm by this time you can't abide by these rules and regulations and we can't uphold you that because you're an amateur what are we going to do revoke your scholarship are we going to you know make you run stairs so there's a lot that goes into that as far as you know the lack of an employee to employer relationship the lack of the ncaa wanting to be responsible in any way shape or form for any kind of illness or anyone contracting anything or god forbid a death and then you have the variables of the conference to conference and state to state um, litigation or, or legal issues. But I think it goes back to, you know, you look towards the leadership. Um, Adam Silver of the NBA and the, the Chris Paul, the president of the Players Association, created this, I think, well-thought-out plan for the NBA to do what they need to do. And granted, it's a 12-man roster and their bubbles and their professionals. But that gave me hope that other organizations, meaning the NFL or college football, would be able to see what they've done and map that or use that as a map for success but I don't see any of that as conversations, at least, you know, in Major League Baseball, they got rejected 100 times over, but they came to the table over and over and over again and say, what can we do to make this work? And we saw all week, we want to play, hashtag we want to play, hashtag we want to play. And I feel like the players ultimately would have played. I think if there was some sort of waiver that could have been signed for liability or if there could have been a special exception for a, a limited game season, I think it could have been done. I just think the NCAA didn't want to put their name on anything or be the one responsible for some unfortunate event happening. So they're just going to wipe their hands clean with it. And yeah. I think the people that suffer the most, it's not the fans. You know, a lot of guys are getting signed up for pumpkin patches on Saturdays because there's no games to watch, but it's the kids that have these last chance you mentalities of, you know, busting their ass and getting the weight rooms and just, you know, the Rudy Rudigers trying to get on the field for that one shining moment, they're not going to get that. And that could be a, J- a guy like Javon Kinlaw, a guy yeah. like Javon Kinlaw who worked his entire, this is it. You know what I mean? Like he's got, he, yeah. he knew he was going to go to the NFL. He needed the senior, his last year to show that he was NFL ready and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. It's, it's a real shame. I didn't, I guess I didn't really take in consideration the, the state laws and the overstate laws and it, it is. It's. 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 It's absolutely. It's. It is upsetting. I believe that when you were talking about the NBA, I believe the NHL has the lowest amount of COVID positive 
I don't know, players or whatever in their little bubble too. So, I mean, and you know, you talked about the NBA, that's, that's two, that's two leagues that have kind of na- nailed it down. So, I mean, it's definitely possible, you know, it's just, I don't know. I don't know what the answer would have been. You make up a lot of good points. It's a shame that they can't, I don't know. It's, I think there's, there was just lack of effort of execution. If you have six months to make a plan, and if, if we have all these different ways to to garner this information, Twitter, you know, all over ESPN, Bleach Report, we've all been waiting on the edge of our seats what's yep. going to happen the first week of September, and you just say nothing. That just, I think the NCAA is, is in for a, a rude awakening when it comes to a lot of things uh, here within the next 12 to 18 months, especially with, you know, mm. the change, the ruling of, you know, kids being able to pay, be paid for their likeness, autographs, things like that. I think college sports is going to be forever changed here within the next year or two for a multitude of reasons, including the COVID-19. I just hope that when we have conversations like this and we talk about players getting compensated, that everybody keeps in mind the little guy, right? That's what everybody fights for. That's what everybody thinks of too, right? Is that, hey, you know, guys like JT Bear or L. Roberson, you know, at Kansas State, you know, guys that maybe aren't going to have the best NFL career that could have made some cash while they're in Columbus or, or whatnot. I know this is kind of off topic, but you're right. This is going to spurn a lot of conversations in that regard, right? Because yeah. they are they're treating them the whole thing is to avoid treating them like employees. But at the end of the day, I think to move this thing forward, there might have to be something something that change, and this might be one of them. And I just hope that everybody keeps in mind that. You know, there's a lot of hardworking kids up in Akron, Ohio, playing for the Zips. There's a lot of hardworking kids at Miami, Ohio, playing for the Red Hawks. You know, in Appalachian State, playing for the Mountaineers. You know what I mean? Like, there's. I just hope that we keep in mind that there are 130 FBS teams and even more FCS teams and Division Two teams and Division Three teams that get screwed too. Because we can talk about Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence doing the hashtag "We want to play all we want," and I completely agree with them. But they're not really the ones that got screwed. Right, because yeah. at the end of the day, they're going to be millionaires. But at the end of this, they're still going to be millionaires. It's the guys that are playing at Tiffin, Ohio. Do you know what I mean? So I just well, want to I, want to say that that really needs to be taken into consideration. I, I want, and I, I think that's an excellent point. And I want to see if there's any repercussions or domino effects here within the next six to nine months for you know a lot of those players or people that are there on scholarship. You know, because they're not playing, are they still going to get full scholarships? Are they, you know, going to get compensation in some way? Like, I I just hope that the universities still take care of the players, regardless of, you know, how these seasons play out. And, and you know, I, I mean, this, this is all speculation at this point. But, you know, with the NCAA getting this huge black eye of just making money off the college athlete, the Zion Williamson's and the Justin Fields and the Kyler Murray's of the world, you know, if this goes on for a season or two, you know, are we looking at scholarships not being offered? Are we looking at, you know, kids not getting the opportunity to play so they're not trying as hard? Like, you know, what is the long-term effect of this? I mean, I think we're all sitting here knocking on wood with our fingers crossed that come September, 2021, we're up and running. Everything's, right back to where it was but who knows 
And it's important to remember, too, that every time a conversation occurs like this, because this this is a big one because the season's being canceled, but there have been conversations in the past, like when Todd Gurley got busted for selling autographs, or A.J. Green got busted for selling autographs, or when Ha Ha Clinton Dix was, got busted by having a bag man. Um, oh, did I just name three SEC players? That's weird. Okay, anyways, I'm sorry. But, like, these conversations... I think it's real prior selling something. Hey, that was to it for a tattoo, damn it. <laughs> but but these brought up conversations about paying these athletes before. And and we have to every time something like this happens, the SEC, the N, I'm sorry, the SEC, the NCAA does make an adjustment, right? I was talking when we were talking about Vince Workman on our podcast a couple weeks ago, which everybody should go listen to. Vince talked about how he was in college, how you know they had they were sharing weight rooms and they were doing this and they were doing that. Now you can go to Ohio State if you got a full ride. You're getting free food. You're getting free haircuts. You got a gym. You got you get you know they're setting you up in your dorm with everything you need. There's free rides. I mean, you know what I mean? Like there's they're really helping these players out. And back in the day, and this isn't even too far too long ago when I was in school, they were the NCA had like a meal count. Like okay, we're paying for dinners and lunches or whatever. Now they've done away with that too. So if you're at Ohio State, you pretty much get to eat in the dining halls whenever you feel like it. Whenever you have the want to, you can walk down there and get free food, which I, I know that a lot of people are fighting for them to get a dollar. But at the same time, I do think that there is some I do think that there is some kind of positivity around helping all because if, if you start to pay these guys, let's let's be honest. Let's be real. There's only going to be four, five, six players, even on Ohio State's team, that get paid, right? Because Jermaine, the, the Jermaine car dealership isn't going to Wyatt Davis, and he's an All-American guard. They're not doing it. They're going to go to Chris Olave. They're going to go to Justin Fields. They're just they're not going to go to these guys, the, even the All-American off the linemen. They're not going to do it. But at least this way, when everybody they're making adjustments about everybody getting free food, uh, you know. Uh, Free haircuts. I know I keep bringing that up, but it is. It's something stupid that didn't exist 10 years ago that now schools are doing. You know what I mean? Everybody on the team gets a benefit, even the walk-ons, right? And everybody, and this goes for Akron and Miami, these smaller schools too. So I do think that there is some positive to not just handing over cash to these players. I do I do see that. And I, if you talk to a lot of these former players, they'll tell you that, hey, I, I do think that it, I don't. A lot of the former players I talk to don't actually want them to get paid at all. They want them to just their their environment to be better, right? You know, I think it was Larry Bird who had to be. I think he worked as a garbage man during the summers when he was playing college basketball. Well, he shouldn't have to do that, right? Because playing college basketball is kind of like a job, right? And they don't have to do that now. Justin Fields he doesn't have to have a job while he's playing college football. They don't. They don't have to do it. And I yeah. think that is a step in the right direction. If we keep making strides to making them more comfortable and all that, I think that that's probably more important than just handing over cash. Because at the end of the day, it's just the, it's just the top what ten percent that are going to make the real money, in my eyes. Well, and, and that's true. I mean, we can all blame Ed O'Bannon for this. I actually just that's pulled it up. That's not a bitch. <laughs> you know, Ed O'Bannon is the one that started this. And God, I would kill to play NCAA football fourteen again. Um, you can't even get it on eBay for a hundred bucks. But dude, that's uh, wild. That's wild. Those eBay prices are like three hundred bucks, man. It. I I found a. a what is it? Uh, the original Xbox uh, 2K5, and tried to pop it into my Xbox One, and it doesn't play. But you know, it just the nostalgia of playing NCAA football, which is where I even started to love to play sports games. But I guess the reason I'm bringing this up is they just uh, a couple days ago, I think on Monday, ruled to uphold the federal decision to allow 
the NCAA players to get paid for their names and likeness and things of that nature. So, and I yeah, don't, I don't I, disagree with that. I do want to be clear. Like, I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with it. I'm just, yeah. I don't think that that's going to solve everything. I don't think that that's just like, okay, great, they're getting paid now. I don't think it is either. I guess the point I was trying to make is, on one front, the NCAA is still fighting this battle, so players can't get paid for their likeness and all these other things. Within the same 24-hour span, they're also saying, you know what, you also don't get to play, and it, it's just, I don't, I think the NCAA has. They've not done themselves a favor over the last the last couple of years, and I think it's starting to show. And I, I I'm not saying it's a hot take or a bold take, but I think in the next 12 to 18 months, or even two next couple of years, the format of college sports, football, basketball, you know, the the main powerhouses is going to change for a multitude of reasons. The canceling of the season, the you know, the economic value of players to the universities and things of that nature. Yeah, and I, I, I agree with that. I don't know what changes are come, and I don't know if I'm going to agree with all of them, and I don't disagree with all of them. You know, I, I try to stay as neutral as possible. You know, we talked to a lot of active players. We talked to a lot of former players. You know, I, I know what a lot of their backgrounds are like. You know, I mean, it's it's sometimes it sucks. But, you know, hopefully at the end of the day, we have football. But yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, before we get off here, I know that you were on. We've been on for about forty minutes. I promise you, we'd only be on for twenty. So I do apologize. Uh, former Browns line coach Howard Mudd passed away. He had suffered a motorcycle accident two weeks ago. Uh, I guess he passed away in the ICU. Most will remember him because he was with the he was the offensive line coach for the Indianapolis Colts for about ten years uh, when they won the Super Bowl. So uh, that's that is a shame. And my thoughts are with his family. How old was he? I'm not sure. 63? Something like that? I don't know. It's on the Brownswire. If you want to know more details, it's on Brownswire.com. <laughs> make, <laughs> sure all right. make sure you guys come out. Again, make sure you guys come out this weekend to the Tuttle Crossing Mall in Dublin, Ohio. Hanford Dixon, Jan White, and Felix Wright are going to be there. Uh, sign in autographs. I'll be there for most of the day talking. If you want to talk some shit, come back, come on, come on over and say hi to me. You can follow me on Twitter at Josh Keatley 16. Again, I'm writing at brownswire.com. Please follow us on Facebook. Give us a like all that good stuff. Ryan, where can they follow you on Twitter? What you got going on? Uh, it hasn't changed. You can find me at Arqueef. That's a at R K W E E F E Twitch, Xbox, everything else is all the same. Um, I'm not nearly as uh, interesting as a like as Josh. I basically just tell him how wrong he is on Twitter, but that's always <laughs> for me. <laughs> you're actually probably better at Twitter because I'm not as a, you're you're more active than me. Plus, maybe you can uh, tweet out some helpful uh, Madden tips on the way too. Oh, and, Matt, and, and by the way, we were going to talk some fantasy football too because uh, Ryan does fancy himself a fancy expert. And I got to be honest with you, I play fantasy football with a lot of high level dudes, and Ryan has had some great advice that has helped me out through the year. So maybe we'll have Ryan on again before the season to talk a little bit fancy football. I'm actually in what two leagues with you, three leagues with you? Too many. I think two. It will be two and two this year. Did you have any fancy tips or to let to give everybody go or you want to keep those for next time? I mean I got a couple on deck if you want to go you for it. You got a couple on deck? All right, okay. And, and I'll keep it I'll keep it top topical due to the COVID uh, nineteen situation. So um Preston Williams. I'm in love with Preston Williams. Big oh yeah yeah, I mean, think about it. Think uh, so of the of the sixty six or now sixty eight players that opted out in the NFL, two of them were Miami Dolphins wide receivers. So wait, who, who, who were they? 
Alan Hearns Alan and Thomas Wilson opted out. Okay, but not Devontae Parker. No, Devo- so no. Devontae Parker came on strong. Now that Adam Gaze isn't there, you know, putting him in handcuffs underneath the stairs, he can come out there and play, and he's playing well. You got Ryan Fitzpatrick, who's been named the starter, who's going to sling it 50 times a game, whether he gives you 10 interceptions or 10 touchdowns, who cares? But waiting in the wing is you got Tua, and he's going to go out there and prove, and typically – Rookies have connections with second, third, fourth string guys, which right now Preston Williams is. That's so because that's who they practice with. Yeah, right? that's who Preston they practice with. Yeah, kind of like so. what you saw with uh, Dwayne Haskins. Actually, Dwayne Haskins didn't really have a great connection with Terry McLaurin. That was kind of the issue because McLaurin was the yeah. number one wide receiver, and Haskins was the number two quarterback. But anyways, I digress. So Preston Williams. I mean, if if you're looking for a guy that doesn't have big name recognition, it's going to be later, probably, I don't know, probably seven to eleventh round, depending on your format. I love Preston Williams just as a guy that can, you know, be in there as a plug and play. I think it's topical with the COVID-19 situation. He's going to be bumped up uh, draft charts. It's it's his sophomore year, so you, you always see wide receivers take the huge step in their second year. And I think, you know, on an up-and-coming team with two quarterbacks that are going to be out there slinging it, he could be a fun guy to pick and, and root for. Um, now, just to recap, Preston Williams. Browns fans are very familiar with Preston Williams. Preston Williams is a big four-star recruit who got into some trouble in Tennessee, tra- transferred to Colorado State, and the Browns kind of had their eye on him. He didn't test super well. I think he ran like a 4-8 at his pro day. He slipped to either the sixth or the seventh round, got drafted by the Dolphins, immediately made headway. Um, but that was a guy that Browns fans were kind of aware of. You know, yeah. the Browns like to watch those wide receivers. You know, he played, he was basically the guy that replaced Rashard Higgins um, at Colorado State and broke a lot of his records. So we're, we are fully aware. By the way, Preston Williams, has his autograph is just a smiley face, and the eyes are PW for, for, for reference. Just for I reference. didn't say he could read or write. I just said he could <laughs> out. <laughs> just, just for reference. Anyways, which, what else you got? Uh, at the running back, and this is going to sound like a homer pick, but Cam Akers, I'm all over him. We, we saw what uh, I think Sean that's Mc- fair. That's not Homer at all, dude. We we saw what Sean McVay did with Todd Gurley when when Todd Gurley went from Mister Eight and Eight, we all know who that is, Mister Jeff Fisher, Mister Mediocrity. <laughs> he went from Jeff Fisher to Sean McVay. We saw one of the best performances from a running back in fantasy history. I mean, in in recent years. Yeah. Um, granted, you know the knee slowed him down, but I think with Gurley being gone, really it's a muddled backfield. You have a a rookie who's coming in there and, and the knock on Cam Akers is he really didn't produce in college, but I think he also led the NCAA in hits behind the line of scrimmage. And he also is up there as far as yards after contact. So that tells you he can get hit, still make you know progress on the ball. With Sean McVay, who's supposed to be this offensive juggernaut, and you know, he's a rookie running back on a rookie contract when you got to pay guys like Jalen Ramsey and and Goff and Aaron Donald all that big money, they're going to get their money's worth out of him. And I think he's going to get a lot of touches and has the potential to really go nuts. I think that's fair. I think that's a pretty obvious choice. Do you have any Browns? Do you have any Browns that you're looking out for? Maybe maybe some. It's hard with the Browns because they're they're so, so obvious. They're so stacked that there's not really a sleeper. I don't think there's a sleeper, but there's one guy that I wouldn't touch with a ten foot pole. Explain who? OBJ. Shut the hell up. Who? Why? Oh, dude, Adam Moore would fight you to the death, dude. So I, as, as talented as I think OBJ is, he's already voiced his opinion on how he thinks there shouldn't be a season due to safety reasons. That was six months ago. Well, six months ago, and he, he, he did come out and say that he wasn't going to opt out and he's going to play. 
But if the knock on OBJ has been one thing is he's always kind of banged up in some way, shape, or form. I think with the the, the NFL season this year and players being able to ride the pines, sit the bench, or opt out of games for safety reasons, that you could see OBJ miss three, four, five, six games for hashtag medical reasons, but it could just be him being in his head. I think he's I think he's committed to the Browns. I think he loves to play football, but I think he got paid. Um, and right now, I, I, I want to see a guy that has something to prove, that has the heart, that's going to go out there and destroy himself. And I just I wouldn't feel confident drop, drafting OBJ as a, you know, a top 12 to 15 wide receiver. I just wouldn't. I'd rather put my stock in other guys. So I okay, I disagree with most of the points you made, but let me but let me tell you why your big underlying point of you wouldn't draft OBJ is actually pretty good. I might agree with it honestly. Okay, so Adam and I had a conversation a couple weeks ago about the totals. Okay, I believe it. I I don't have it written down in front of me because I didn't know we were going to be talking about. It, but I believe OBJ's Vegas line total for receiving yards is about thirteen hundred because I think that's what he got last year. And Adam thinks he's going to smash it. It's what, Whatever he had last year, it's slightly more. Or, or maybe it's slightly, I don't know, it's, right, it's roughly around the same. That was his Vegas total. And Adam thinks he's going to smash it. I said, I agree, but out of all the Vegas lines for all the Brown skill players, that's the one I would disagree with the most because of the way St- Kevin Stefanski runs his offense, right? We saw last year with Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs getting in fights early on in the season because they didn't have targets. Well, to me... And you probably would agree with this because you're not a, a, a Cleveland Browns diehard. OBJ, you kind of just said it, is a little bit of, of a drama queen, right? More so than maybe Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen. So I could see that. To, be, to start the season. Yes. I could see that being a bigger issue than maybe the COVID-19 situation or the contract situation. Or him. I could see that being a bigger issue. So I'm not saying you're wrong. I just feel like those are probably some better reasons to think about that. Adam, but Adam, I will have to have you on the show when Adam's on the show get too, because Adam made a good point too. He's got all these stats and graphs. We call Adam's Mr. Graph, Mr. Graph hole, that uh, <laughs> Mr. F bomb dropper. But uh, we'll have to have you on the show when, when you talk to him because I know that again I, I can't say this enough. Ryan is a very talented fantasy football player as well. Like I said, we've been in fantasy leagues together with some. <laughs> Very competitive players, and, and Ryan's always right up in the top. So I'm sure that, you know, I would love to see, I would love to hear you discuss this topic with Adam because, like I said, he's got all the stretch graphs. Because I'm kind of in the middle, dude. I'm kind of in the middle, man, because I could see it, bro, because that, that offense was not super superior for receivers. Well, I mean, Kirk Cousins had one of the strongest second half seasons of any quarterback last year. Um, that being said, Adam Thielen fell off, the slot guy. And Stefan Diggs started to pick it up. So it depends, you know, is that saying, you know, Landry is going to struggle, OBJ is going to be good. I mean, let's not even talk about the other things where you have a new coaching staff, a new. Well, scheme. you know, it's funny. Before you move on to that, you know, it's funny about the, the Kirk Cousins thing, and that was one of the reasons why Adam was so high on OBJ was that he believes that Baker Mayfield is the far superior quarterback. And I agree with him 100%. I think Baker Mayfield is the far superior quarterback to Kirk Cousins. With that said, Kirk Cousins is uber proficient. Yep. Uber yep. proficient. Kirk, Kirk Cousins is, is your – He's very Tom Brady-esque. He's very Tom Brady-esque. Yeah. He, he, he does what he, he does his job better than anybody else, but he's just not flashy. Baker Kirk Mayfield's Cousins got more Alex Smith. 
yeah, Baker Mayfield just has more flash. So I could see Baker Mayfield throwing a couple more picks than Kirk Cousins would. Not because he's worse, just because Baker Mayfield's trying to, you know, he's trying to win the game. He's trying to thread the needle. He's trying to do what he does. But I, and like I said, I do agree with Adam on that point. You know, uh, Kirk Cousins also, he's terrible. I guess he's a super habitual guy. Have you heard this about Kirk Cousins? Oh, yeah. 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 He's like, he's like a hamster. He has to do everything at the same time every day. So if he plays any game that's not at one o'clock, he just falls off a cliff. And there's statistics, there's statistics that prove that that's true to bet against the Vikings on those days. So, Didn't he have like a gender reveal during the COVID situation? He had like another girl, and he's like, just, is that right? I th- yeah. I, I think it's worth a Google or a YouTube. I think the Kirk Cousins gender reveal, and it's like his umpteenth daughter, and he's just like, oh, yay, like so enthusiastic <laughs> about it. But I think that encapsulates, other than the you like that, I think that en- encapsulates Kirk Cousins. He He's just so vanilla to me. But I guess to the point is it's hard to have a sleeper on the Browns because you have OBJ, big Andrew, Chubb, and Joku. They're all big um, names. You guys just signed uh, the tight end, uh, Austin, Austin Hooper. Uh, Austin Hooper. So it's like there's only one ball. You guys didn't really draft any, you know, plug and play rookies or, or have any income. One, I have heard conversations about Harrison Bryant being a potential sleeper, not a draftable fancy guy, but a fancy guy yeah. that maybe you grab, you know, later on um, or someone to watch out for. Um, you know, it's kind of a, as a, a pickup, I guess, later on in the season if the David and Joku experiment fails. Um, I've heard that again, that's not extremely popular advice, and no one's yelling to draft them, no one's screaming yeah. at the top of a rooftop. But, uh, you know, just to put it out there, I haven't heard for as much hype as the Donovan Peoples Jones pick got when he got drafted, I have heard squat in regard to him. So it's kind of funny to watch how the fantasy community and the football community or the draft community don't really see eye to eye on everyone. And that, that kind of, that actually kind of comforts me because. Well, this is the time of year that we would have training camp and preseason games to watch these second and third stringers get reps to see how, you know, give us eyeball tests. So without that, it's really hard to go off of anything other than you already know, a la, you know, the draft this next year with not having any 2020, 2021 tape. So it, it really is that there's, I mean, I think it's just now this week that uh, in some uh, training camps that the media is getting limited exposure. But, you know, we don't know how these reps or anything are going or or how these coaches, other than, you know, what you see on Twitter and, and through what, you know, players are saying about other players, there's nothing to even to, to discuss. You know, no. we're just going to. We're just going to show up September 14th, I think, is the first game, Texas Chiefs, and we're going to see who they put out there and basically go off of that. Yeah, it'll be strange. It will be strange. But we wasted we wasted you guys this time long enough. Uh, again, hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, and this was the Browns Wire podcast. It was fun. When others treat your fries as an afterthought, all you're left with are cold, soggy fries. That's why Wendy's new fries are ones you won't forget. Guaranteed to be hot and crispy, or we'll replace them. We're talking natural cut, skin-on fries, perfectly seasoned with a hint of sea salt. In fact, they're even preferred almost two to one over McDonald's. These are fries so hot and crispy, they beg a new question. What would you like with your fries? Trying them today, only at Wendy's. At participating U.S. Wendy's, taste preference based on a national taste test by an independent research company. This is your Wendy's wake-up call. Start your day with a better breakfast and get a free drink with any of our morning-making breakfast sandwiches. That's your favorite drink in a Wendy's cup, free. Fresh brewed coffee, free. Diet Coke, free. 
Vanilla Frosty Chino? That's cold brew plus Frosty Creamer plus free. So don't sleep on this deal. Get any size drink in a Wendy's cup free when you buy any breakfast sandwich. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. Limited time only at participating Wendy's. A la carte only. Offer valid upon request on lowest price qualifying item. Not valid for third-party delivery.